and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is Irreverent, Faith and Current Affairs. Hello everyone, and welcome to Irreverent, Faith and Current Affairs with me, Jamie Franklin. It's good to be with you today. Now, for viewers of this podcast, I must apologise. I'm wearing a t-shirt today because it's quite a warm day and I've had no real need to put my clerical clothes on. Um, I sort of feel like it was all right because I did a podcast with uh, Professor Patrick Deenan, which came out this week, and he was wearing a t-shirt. And you know, he's quite a respectable person, so I think maybe you know the occasional podcast in a t-shirt is okay. Um, but apologise if you if you like seeing me in my clericals. Um, I was going to be joined by Thomas Pelham today, but uh, he's not here yet, and I kind of need to get on with this podcast. So um, I've decided to start it. He might join me at some point during it, um, but he's not here yet. He's been delayed. So I'm going to go for it. Tom might come along at some point. If he does, that'd be great. If not, you just have to just have to deal with me um, today. It's a little bit of a tighter schedule this week because I'm going away. Um, in the middle of the week, which just puts a little bit of pressure on the time uh, for the podcast. But hopefully this will still be a good episode anyway. Well, it's irreverence. There are a couple of notices just to begin with. Um, I've been speaking about the uh, March for Life, which is coming up on Saturday, September the 2nd. And um, we're going to have an irreverent meetup. I'll be there. The other two won't. They're busy. They're busy vicars on the Saturday, but I'll be there. So if anyone wants to come along to the March for Life and meet me and hopefully some other listeners, uh, please do join us Saturday, the 2nd of September. We're going to be meeting at the Emmanuel Centre, which is where the whole thing kicks off. And we have arranged a rallying point at the Voice for Justice stand, which is, I'm told, on the ground floor of the Emmanuel Centre. We're going to meet there about 10.30 a.m., um, so that's the idea. I think what I'll do is I'll make sure I've got uh, my um, Telegram group all sorted out on my phone so that I can communicate via Telegram. So if you're coming and you'd like to stay updated, uh, please do um, get on our Telegram group, which you can find at t.me forward slash irreverent pod. Uh, but that would be a really good event coming to the uh, March for March for Life, where we can uh, join with others who are speaking in in favour of and defence of the life of the unborn and trying to offer people an alternative to the practice of abortion. So that's uh, that's coming up, and um, I hope to meet some people there. I know some people are coming. I've got no idea how many, really. But, um, yeah, there we go. Um, I wanted to just um, say thank you to people who have bought us coffees recently. I don't always do this, um, but it's good to occasionally read out some of the messages people leave us on there. Uh, so thank you. Uh, here are some of them. Uh, good to hear three based clergymen. I listened to you whilst walking the dog. He's so happy. And so am I. Well, I don't know if he's happy because he's listening to us, though. I don't think dogs really can understand our podcast as much as I like dogs. Uh, Joe says, discovered you during the dark days, and I continue to appreciate and enjoy your theologically undergirded conversations. You make me smile, too. Uh, very good. Thanks to Giles. Thanks to Richard. An unfailingly thoughtful discussion each each week of matters of significance to people of faith. Um, someone else who's a, a priest uh, says, hi to you all, been listening avidly each week for the past few weeks, loving what you're saying and the faithful commitment to say what has historically been orthodox throughout the Christian faith down the years. Keep up the good work. It's great to hear an unapologetic apologetic of the Christian faith. Well, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Um, and 
yeah another another one here thanks jamie tom and daniel for your encouragement literally helps restore my faith each week hope to meet some or all of you at the march for life oh that's good well look forward to meeting you there uh, joe blogs i assume that's not your real name uh, so thanks to everyone who's bought us coffees recently we really do appreciate that um, we're going to be talking about a few things this week, uh, but we like to begin with a bit of a, a Bible reading. And uh, Tom and I decided last week that we'd have a kind of go through a um, thematic, well, not thematic, actually. Um, that's not what I mean at, at all. Uh, systematically go through a book of the Bible when we didn't have anything else specifically on our minds. Uh, so today I'm just going to read a, a section out from the book of Acts. We did the first part of the book of Acts last week. I'm going to read the next section out now. And uh, to be honest, I haven't prepared this. You know, honesty is a good policy, isn't it? So it's about, I know it's about the ascension, but uh, let's read it and maybe I'll make some comments and maybe the Holy Spirit might guide me to say something that's relevant to the topic of this week's podcast. Uh, first, let's say a prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Amen. You know, we're slipping out in and out of the, the BCP version of the Lord's Prayer. It must be very confusing to people. Apologize about that. There really should be some consistency. Anyway, uh, the book of Acts, chapter one, verse six. <clears throat> so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So there we are. That's the account of the ascension, which is written at the beginning of the book of Acts. So. This is a this is when Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection uh, and just before he went up into heaven. And um, and it has an account of that happening as well, which is what the word ascension means. Now, what do we want to say here? Um, he's just promised the gift of the Holy Spirit, which accounts for the question that they ask, you know, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And then he says, it's not for you to know this, um, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that's looking forward to the Feast of Pentecost, which um, or to the event of Pentecost, which we celebrate in the Feast of Pentecost, which is coming up in the second um, chapter of Acts. You will receive power to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So this is a description of the way the gospel goes forth from the kind of epicenter of the ministry of Christ and Jerusalem to all the nations of the earth. And of course, that's what we see happening in the book of Acts and historically the gospel going out from that one place and going out to all cultures, all nations, all lands and all around the world. Um, and that process, I suppose you could say, continues today as billions of people know the name of Christ and um, have received that witness and now believe in the gospel and, you know, I, I suppose it's probably worth thinking about that for a minute, the way that this small group of people uh, were able to go out, preach the gospel and for the gospel to take root in all nations and lands on the basis of this man who they claimed had risen from the dead. I suppose it's something for skeptics to ponder whether this is plausibly um, it's plausibly the case that these people were lying or whether they were deluded 
whether whether they could really have achieved this without this being true and without the power of God being real and so on and so forth. And then the ascension itself, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now, what is that? You know, I suppose maybe it's a trivial question, but sort of occurs to me to ask in what sense was he lifted up? You know, was he literally lifted up in the, into the sky and then a cloud took him? Which is that lifting up? Does that mean, is that a kind of metaphorical way of talking about something which is very hard to describe with literal language? Um, I don't know. Uh, but but whatever whatever happened, Christ went to be with God the Father. He went to sit down at the right hand of God and to rule and reign over all creation um, in heaven, which is where he came from in the first place. So the way we understand this theologically is that the Holy Spirit is now the presence of God in the world. Um, the Holy Spirit was given to the church as the presence of God um, with the with the presence of God in Christ, you know, locally. Um, in the incarnation being transferred if you like to heaven uh, but we'll probably talk about that a bit more when we talk about pentecost um so christ goes away sends his holy spirit on the church to be the presence of god in in the church and in the world now and then you get these two people who are sort of angels who are um who say when well, they predict christ's second coming so there's also that there this jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven so in the same way that he left he will come again. So there's the second coming there as well. So there we go. What's the theological significance of the ascension? It's a really, really good question. I suppose it's about Christ ascending into heaven, being the Lord of all creation, um, Christ leaving this world so that um, it wouldn't just be him and everyone sort of gathered around one individual, but that the church could be the the sort of incarnate presence of, of God in the world through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I think that's I think that's significant there in the incarnation. Um, also, I suppose you could say that the incarnation is about Christ being a forerunner. So as Christ goes up into heaven, as Christ raised from the dead, so we will be raised from the dead as Christ goes to heaven to be with God. So we will we will go um we will go in the same way, in the same manner to be with God um, and to live with him forever. So it's kind of about Christ going first, if you like. So there's all that kind of stuff. It's a very rich passage. I'm not sure what it's got to do with the stories that I've selected um, to talk about today, but maybe maybe something will come up. Anyway, there's a bit of scripture to just bring something edifying. Drop my pencil. Something edifying uh, in the beginning. Now, I'm just going to take a slurp of coffee out of my amazing irreverent um, coffee mug, which you can buy on our website, by the way. Irreverentpod.com. Um yeah, this is this isn't this isn't grifting. You know, people asked people asked for for this. Ah, I've just received a, a message from Tom saying that he is indeed coming. So he may be he may be here in a minute to um to join. Um. So I won't. I, I, I'll I'll um I'll wait. I'll wait. Um, and then and then discuss uh, stories. But we're going to just to say, if you're interested, in what we'll be discussing today, we're going to talk about um the Church of England um and and the 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 pronouncements that the bishops made about the women's world cup that will be an interesting thing to talk about uh, apparently the lower birth rate in the uk that has just been um has just been spoken about is good for the planet uh, according to one scientific expert and uh, we're also going to talk about jonathan van tam who's just been given a job with moderna having been a government advisor 
and the slightly sort of controversial issue of there being a sort of revolving door between uh, the f- big pharma and uh, and governments around the world is not a good thing. And then we've got lots of really interesting emails as well. So that's all to come. Well, I'm delighted now to be joined by Tom Pelham. Not, Hello. Not a special guest, but <laughs> a special host. How are things going? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Jay. Really well. Um, You're looking relaxed. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, been a bit of a hard work morning. Um, mm. I took my um, took my son. He's learned to ride a bike. Right. I think I mentioned last week, and I took him to a local trail called the Cuckoo Trail, which runs on an old railway line. Right. Uh, and um, he cycled a long way. Actually, did really well. Nice. Very good. Oh, wow. Very good. Um, didn't cycle back. He then decided he didn't want to cycle back um, in that sort of uh, in the way of a two year old. Yeah. And so I had to carry him back. So that was. Um, mm. But still, we, we found a cafe, a nice cafe in the field. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, children are very capricious. Um, well, listen, Tom, we um, we don't have much time, do we? Because you need to go quite soon. Well, in about 45 minutes, you say. So let's let's talk about the stories. You've come just in time. Now, now Tom, I don't know whether you've seen, but Daniel French, I don't you're not really on Twitter, are you? But but Daniel French, our other our other co-host has been uh he's been stirring the pot as it were it. On, on on twitter he tweeted out a uh story from the times and he wrote if i were a christian in saudi arabia or in the underground church in china i'm not sure how i'd feel about this and the title of the article says skip worship and pray for the lionesses says church uh, apparently worshippers in the church of england have been given the blessing from the, the bishops to um to not go to church to change their service times uh, and to watch the uh, the football, oh, sorry, women's football World Cup uh, instead. Um, now, I, there's some quotes from um, the uh, Libby Lane, who is the Bishop of Derby, who is the church's spokesman, spokeswoman, sorry, uh, on sport. She said, I know lots of people want to. It's not even a word, is it? I'm sorry. Anyway, okay. Spokeswoman. <laughs> spokesperson. That's not English. You know what, Tom, at least she's actually quoting being quoted herself so many of these bishops they like have their sort of anonymous spokespersons you know it's pathetic yeah. uh, that is fine from the church of england's point of view to watch the match others will prefer to go to church and avoid oh, nervous- hang on hang on i mean does she get to rule on the church of england as a spokesperson does she does she just get to say you know what that's fine well because she, the church of england she's in charge of sport isn't she so she just gets to like make sweeping uh, statement it's fine not to go to church play sport instead or watch sport i don't know is that um, so do you think that that's fine from the church of england's point yeah, of view that's... She actually because there was this big fur- furore afterwards oh she didn't really say people could miss church she was just saying that people you know could could go to church at a different time do you think that's what she was saying or do you think that she's actually saying yeah just don't go to church this week it's fine you can watch I, think, I think she's probably um not I think she'd probably be best not saying anything at all. You know, it's one of those points where does it really need a, a statement from the church? I mean, you know, um, uh, the um, and, and then if you are going to speak, you know, you have to be really clear about what, what sort of church policy wants your own personal policy. If she said, that's fine from my point of view. Well, no one could really complain. I mean, it'd be a bit weird. I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if, you know, the Church of England's point of view, that's it's quite a quite a uh, quite a claim, isn't it? Um, yeah. And um I believe she it does. says something about that in the 39 articles, doesn't it? Should the Women's World Cup team uh, proceed exactly. to the law, yeah. um, <laughs> Upon a church, Sunday morn. The church services uh, should should be moved. Um, should be moved or shortened. Should we, should um, we read some of the um, responses from some of the 
people. Well, I think, I think, well, I think the point being um, that she, she does sort of say later, yeah. you know, church services happen at different times and different places. So people can choose one that's right for them. Um, and then it says whatever they decide to do. So presumably um, she's offered a couple of options, really, hasn't she? She's mm. offered miss it completely, find a different um, uh, service in a different place or a different time, whatever you decide to do. Um, yeah. We should be proud, she says, of the uh, lionesses. Whether you receive the life-giving sacrament of the Holy Eucharist or not, we should all, we can at least all agree that the lionesses are wonderful and that we should be very, very proud of this team of, of women who have made it to the Women's World Cup final, which is such an achievement, Tom, such an achievement. Um, all Saints in Hampton, Southwest London, told worshippers, we can't wait to watch on Sunday. Join us to watch on the big screens. The Reverend Andrew Downs, Vicar of St. Mary's, Sunbury on Thames, sounds like a nice place, said, we are shortening our main morning Eucharist and then live streaming the game with bacon rolls and fizz. I wonder how they're shortening. It's quite, it's quite exclusive of our what Jewish they... brethren, isn't it? And Islamic <laughs> brethren. Anyway. What, um... what are they leaving out, Tom, though? Are they leaving out, what are they, you know, the reception of the Eucharist or, I don't know, the final um, hymn? You are, could, they you could... out the, are they leaving out the consecration you can do a perfect i mean if you drop two hymns you could do a perfectly you know reasonable eucharist in in uh sort of 40 minutes can yeah well you could drop all the hymns couldn't you you could drop you all could the, drop hymns, all you them could the sermon you could say it all really quickly you yeah know, i mean like, like mark chapman <laughs> yeah exactly you do it you probably do it really quickly i can imagine um, i don't i don't i, take I bet you do. i bet you i bet you i, bet you I read out the entirety of the third exhortation quite regularly uh, on my eight o'clock FECPs. Well, yeah, that would take some time. Uh, the Reverend Reverend Carol Atkins mm-hmm. said that her church in Reading has swapped our service for a community watch of the final. There that we go. Sounds like a good point of you know she's obviously um, carefully fulfilling her charitable commitments uh, for the PCC there of promoting Christianity. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, there we go, Tom. I mean, um, look, I, I have to say, can I just say this? I feel uh, uh, it's difficult because it's like you're in a trap, isn't it? Um, uh, obviously, as as priests, we want to be promoting the gospel and actually doing our job, which is, you know, a large part of that, at least, is about taking services, preaching, celebrating the, the sacrament of the Eucharist or the Mass or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's kind of our job, isn't it? So I think it, it, to me, it's kind of a given that, you know, uh, sporting commitments sort of come second. So there's that. The, on the other hand, the whole women's football thing, I know we've talked about this before, but to me, it feels very, very artificial. You know, but you know, do you know what? I, the biggest thing I saw about this, and I mean, I don't really care about men's football other than to follow Harry vaguely Kane. the fact that Harry Kane's doing much yeah, better now. You don't even like, you don't even like, I was playing for, no, was playing for a sensible me, team. You were sending me these, like, what, what are they called? <laughs> like, kind of, um, this, this football banter now, which is you've never even mentioned football before. And now Harry Kane's left Tottenham. Now you send me these messages, which like these banterously, banterous <laughs> digs. About Harry Kane being better now he's left first. But anyways, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have some kind of telepathic um, sense about what what will wind you up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, he did score quite a few goals, didn't he? I don't know. Let's look. look. Uh, anyway. I'm happy for I'm happy for Harry. Oh, yeah. Good. I'm glad. Um, what's, what's the point you're going to make? Come on. Uh, the the thing is, how many 
and it's sort of this sort of idea that the, the men's world cup, the women's world cup, are roughly equivalent. And yeah, I, I have no idea. It's not ridiculous. I mean, they're playing the same game with the same rules, etc. Et oh yeah, okay. Um, well, it depends but, um, what you mean by equivalent. So yeah, well, exactly. It does. They both um, use the ball. Uh, they both use the ball. Um, there are eleven players a site, etc. They um, they're, they're talented sports sportsmen and women. You know, there's not let's not forget that. You know, the, um, they are talented. And they're um, and they're keen and all of that sort of stuff. But the problem is with directly making any sort of assumption that the women's World Cup is sort of equivalent to the men's is that is that of the of the teams in the world, um, sort of at that level, uh, there are only about sort of ten, twenty maybe that are kind of actually full time professional, fully equipped women's football teams, aren't they? You know, it's you know, the 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 rest of the world, it, it's kind of a part time, you know. Uh, um, amateur football, which is nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think most sport would be better if it was amateur. You know, sport was better before it became professionalised. Cricket, rugby, all of them better before they became professionalised. But um, in my opinion, um, the um, you had the great sort of sportsmen uh, who, who played sort of um, played rugby and cricket. I can't remember the last one who did that professionally. Both of them, you know, cricket in the summer, yeah. rugby in the winter. Um, yeah. And um, I mean, the problem with it, of course, is that only rich people can really afford to do it because they need to have some sort of sponsorship. So you effectively become professional anyway. But um, yeah. so so we're talking about a women's World Cup of about sort of be generous and say 20 teams that are fully equipped and prepared and trained and full-time athletes and the rest of them are not so you end up sort of padding out the group stages of people who just whack you know balls past because there's an obvious difference there um whereas the men's world cup you know actually every single stage is competitive isn't it you know every single bit is competitive there's no no doubt about it. every single country in the world has a professional i think probably um um male football team um and it's just, it's just a different it's a different it's about of, the Vatican City. And they ought to, aren't they? We had this discussion before. Yeah, the papers on it. Yeah. Pope Francis is the is the is the the kit man. Um, um, well, you, I, th- I reckon he'd be a really dirty football player. He'd be hacking everyone, like you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, passing the ball to convicted child offenders, and um, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> claiming claiming that uh, claiming that Christ <laughs> podcast not happy right now. <laughs> uh, I know. Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, can, I, can I can I raise a point here, Tom? Go on. about this whole thing. Uh, now, yeah. I, agree, I agree with what you've said. Obviously, um, the standard of women's football is obviously nowhere near as high, even sort of analogously to men's football. But um, the 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 I have watched the the rise, if you like, of women's football over the last few years, and I I think that it is clearly part of a political agenda. Um, now, I find it hard to I find it hard to articulate what the agenda actually is. I'll, I'll be honest, but I think it's you know, it's encapsulated in. Uh, we'll, we'll watch a we'll watch a clip in the, in a minute where where somebody says something like this. But it's it's this thing about well, you know, we have to set this example to young girls that they can play football if they want to, and that they can be like these women that they're watching on on TV. Um, now, look, I've got no problem with women playing football, girls playing football. You know, my daughter is currently going to a you know a, a football club. I mean, she's only three or two and a half, but you know, she she plays football on Wednesday mornings and I've got no problem with it. So per se, I just have a problem with the the I think it's the image of femininity that is being promoted through it, which is like this is what it is to be a real woman to play a sport which is um you know it's a it's a it's a male dominated sport and and in order to be a sort of a real woman you have to sort of be you have to sort of enter this masculine arena and 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 to play play competitive sport in the way that that men do and that this has to be granted an equivalence 
otherwise you know the people who refuse to are sort of being sexist or something like that um how would it be i was watching this clip thinking well how would it be if um you know we had people on tv saying we need more depictions of women being being mothers and stay-at-home housewives so that young girls can look at that and think wow that's a great life and you know that's that's what i want to be or yep. you know, mothers like sitting around reading the bible to their children and praying. Well, those, those are actively discouraged aren't they so the advertising standards authority will will um turn down adverts that um have these sort of outdated stereotypes of you know the man being the breadwinner the woman uh, raising a family um yeah. you know the nuclear family uh, did, didn't um we saw a bit of that in um Sadiq, in, in the news from Sadiq Khan didn't oh, yeah. we? there was there was this advertising agency uh sort of there's a picture of a you know london family uh walking alongside the thames it looked like south bank to me um yeah and uh so it, this, i think it was the north bank anyway it doesn't it doesn't matter, north bank, it doesn't okay. matter. um oh, was the, the the i was in the background wasn't it so maybe it was north bank um yeah and the on the embankment and the the, the caption was something like this is not uh this is not to be used as a this is an example of something not to be used as a typical london family something um, that was something sadiq khan wrote was it well, it's something that his advertising agency, the, the, the okay. City of London, sort of, I mean, I don't know if he personally wrote it, but it does show the sort of <laughs> prevailing ethos behind that. You know, you've got mm. to, he's, he's responsible for that um, yeah. ethos. Um, that, you know, white uh, nuclear family, you know, two parents, two kids, boy and a girl, um, uh, is not London. It's not, not to be used to advertise London. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Presumably, it'd be fine if they were a gay white family. I, I presume. Um, oh yeah, that would have been. That would have been okay. That's London. Or of course, if they're, you know, and it's quite it's funny mixed if, you, if mixed race, mixed race yeah. family. Because if you if you watch television these days, every single advert has a mixed race family in it, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I, I, do, I, wish I don't. You know, mixed race families are are, are a thing. And um, is I, it is that the right term? I'm just trying to think. Are we I just don't know. Are we are we going to be multiracial? Multiracial families, probably mixed race. I don't really know. Biracial? Um, I'm not really I, sure. I don't. I don't have any problem with um, adverts. Uh, actually, I don't really watch television, so it doesn't affect me in any real way. Um, but you know, I, I've, race is not something which which um, uh, sort of worries me too much. But it's but, but the fact is that that. Um, um, the, the the sort of straightforward nuclear family um is being um the, you know caucasian um is being is being not is, is being deliberately turned into something which is not not shown not seen it's not a role model that yeah. that, that uh, our children should live up to and actually um Actually, I think this is really hard because, um, you know, actually, levels of divorce are really high and going higher and levels of, you know, the, the white lads are among the, the most um, underachieving, you know, people. Um, and they don't see positive depictions of either being male or being white in the press ever. It's, it's about norms, isn't it? It's about what you want to project to the world in order to, yeah. to make people look at it and think, well, that's that's normal. Uh, and then if you don't see, you know, like like I was just saying, like mothers, women being mothers, women being orientated around the home, you lose a sense of the normality of that and, and the goodness of that. And you think, well, you know, in order for me to be a proper woman, I have to be like these, you know, lionesses, like taking their shirts off and like screaming and running around, like punching the air and with their like, veins bulging out of their neck. Like just, look, I don't, this is going to sound somewhat, uh, it's going to sound probably somewhat, um, 
sexist I, yeah maybe but i don't like the sight of women screaming and their veins bulging out of their neck i find that to be a deeply unappealing unappealing look for women um can i share this other tweet from daniel after oh, yeah i like that after, I've he seen did, it. after he did the first one he did another one stirring the pot even more uh, has he used I, an ai image for this i wonder uh i don't know it's the sort of thing doesn't it um let me read it out. I have this feeling that if I were operating in London or a busy city, which is not, putting a post like this <clears throat> with a finger down would be like throwing a blooded stake in the shark waters to young constituents who relish a reverend pod and are desperately looking for a church that makes demands on them. And it's a picture of some people holding a World Cup and it says, Miss Mass, attending Mass is an obligation. So if you decided to watch football instead of attending Mass, then you will need to make your confession. I feel like that should have the word sir on the end of it. Then you will need to make your confession, sir. You know, yeah. forget the Monday cup. the 21st, 5 p.m. Tuesday the 22nd, 6 p.m. Forget the cup. Instead, seek the chalice of everlasting salvation. I like mm. it. I like it. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's good, isn't it, Tom? And uh, it's all. It's a very good theology implied there as well. All of it. Every single word. Well, I, well, I mean, I'm not certain about that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. But would you say attending <clears throat> attending mass? Yeah, is of course, obligation? attending holy communion is not an obligation. No. It's not an obligation. No, you don't think so. Well, so otherwise, you turn it into sort of work, don't you? Um, no, I suppose it depends what you mean by an obligation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you could be a Christian without receiving communion regularly, weekly. I would say, I mean, the Church of England, you know, oh, uh, there's an obligation of the Church of England to take it, I think, twice a year, isn't there? Christmas and Easter. Right. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's that's the only obligation. But attending and, some, and, attending some absur- observance oh, yeah, 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 to ha- on a Sunday. To worship on a Sunday. If you don't worship on a Sunday, then your Sunday will never be worship, will it? You know, you, you, you just um, sometimes set aside for the Lord on a Sunday. It's helpful. I mean, I, do you know what? If if people said to me, oh, I'm coming to you at 8 o'clock, Tom, because I want to watch the um, the the match at 11, um, I'd have blinked at them in surprise because until yesterday, I don't know, I didn't really realise there was a World Cup going on. But um, uh, the yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, oh, oh, there's World Cup. Um, uh, I think I first became aware of it when they beat someone, Australia. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be um, honest, I only really know. Couple, so couple of weeks ago, I have to prepare um, for this podcast. <laughs> and um, uh, the, um, but anyway, if they said that to me, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. You know, come come at eight o'clock. On my yeah, nine yeah. o'clock, actually, um, yeah. that's no problem. Then you can get home and in time for uh, for your eleven o'clock. Or um, yeah, that's, but would that's... you not say to more spiritually mature parishioners, you'd want to say, okay, well, it's fine, you know, if you want to do that, but just make sure that your priority is not just about coming to church, but it's about making sure that your heart and your mind is focused on worshiping Worship. the Lord and being yeah. a disciple of no, Christ. I think, I think you know, you're right. Yeah. And, and making sure that it doesn't detract from that because you don't want to be at church and then be rush, rushing off, you know, thinking, oh, well, I've got to go and watch the World Cup after I finish this. You want to be focused on what, on what you're doing, don't you? And I know I know not everyone's in a place where they can receive such a message, but that's that's the kind of thing I think you'd be wanting to say to people. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, so, can have, you can have fun on a Sunday. You just, the Sunday should be the day that you, or, or, or it's a good day at least, um, to set aside as... Um, it's a good day, it's, Sunday. Set aside as as worship and um, yeah, and and holding God in in brighter place. That's, yeah. Uh, Should we listen to this um, this race row that has apparently broken out as a result of the uh, the unifying event of the Women's World Cup? Um, this this is just inevitable, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, so who is this person who's done this? Let's just see. 
Um, Sky News panelist. Yeah, it's on Sky News. So it's all, and they all, I was expecting a debate, but there wasn't one. So yeah, about this picture here, what jumps out of you is. So this is a picture of the women's World Cup team. This doesn't sort of represent diverse Britain. Um, it's all these blonde, blue eyed girls. Entrepreneur Wilfred Emmanuel Jones. Awesome. You know, I, I wish them well, but I do think we need to ask ourselves questions. It's a good point, actually. The, the Women's World Cup players are, they're all blonde with blue eyes, aren't they? They're, some of them are quite attractive. I mean, not that, not that I've been looking, but, you know, um, you can't, one can't, one can't fail to notice. As long as they're not bulging their veins. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's not attractive, but yeah. Um, the, I mean, the, the, I think someone made the point there are three um, black, black ladies in the squad, aren't there not? Yeah, so I got this here. So 13% of the Lionesses are black, which is three of 23 which is three times more than the wider population, which apparently in the 2021 census, it was 4.2% black in... Well, it's, uh, it's like this, the, the push for racial diversity in the church, isn't it? Where um, and Calvin Robinson passionately made the point that, um, you know, the, the, the percentage of, of, of black vicars might be slightly under um, uh, the sort of um, overall uh, sort of diversity of the population. Um, but it's... it's um, uh, in the Church of England, at least. I mean, obviously not in the Pentecostal Church or something. Um, but if we're um, if we're making, you know, actually, you don't need thirty percent or fifty percent of of them to be to be black. That'd be well over the. But you'd, you'd find it really hard to find that many black people in the UK who want to be vicars. I th- I'm still either. massively in favour of bringing black vicars over from from Africa, yeah, from Nigeria, from, and you from can... Bible believing Bible believing churches and, and planting them into um, here. But um, yeah. You know, that's not that's not what they want. But anyway, okay. <laughs> should, we, should we carry on with this? Let's let's oh, let's, let's let's listen to more of this. Questions about why is it that we've got um, it's so it has but a lack are, of diversity? They're, they're playing sport at an elite level. Yeah. And they are from Britain and they're, they're women. It doesn't make any difference. Those are all true after a you know after a fashion, aren't they? I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what the word no, elite means in this context, but, but they are all women. And they are all in Very Britain. Cool. They're from Britain, and they're playing sports. So that's all true. <laughs> but so, I mean, what we have here is a sort of intersection of different rights, where we discover that you know the the the, the, the race rights trump um, sex rights, don't they? I mean, this is kind of intersectionality, isn't it? It's a kind of critical theory. Yeah, it's, it's all that yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's, it's that they can't just be the best football players. Women no, of course players. not. They have to be. They have to be representative of the population. Presumably, this chat um, would prefer them to be not as good. Uh, and to and more diverse, uh, and more diverse. I mean, presume yeah. that's the only thing you can assume. Uh, I um, think so. I think so. Uh, but yeah, let's 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 listen to the end of it. If the whole idea behind this is going to encourage more women to go and into the sport, you need some sort of representation yeah. there to say whatever background you come from, you could get to yeah. this sort of level. Because Britain doesn't look like that. Yeah, and it's so important when you speak to Britain doesn't look like that, but but it does though, doesn't it? In fact, it actually looks more white than that. That's that's the point that this tweeter is. But made. the thing is that all of these people live in cities. Right. That'd be that'd be the issue where where the the you know London is much more than you know three percent or thirteen percent. Um, black isn't it mm. if you lived in london uh, you know probably you see more like i think it's 20 percent or something uh, yeah. so so you might look at the the team and think wow they're not you know five black um players on the team rather than just three yeah. um but um they, they don't they don't know that actually yeah. it's it's not quite so 
diverse outside of London. I don't, don't, think, I don't think people in London have any understanding of what life is like outside of London. It's like a separate city-state. It's a different country, isn't it? it, it and and do, you, do you see what I mean about this thing about it being used as a vehicle of, of social change? I mean, this this conversation just confirms it, doesn't it? It's like, well, this is this is good because it's 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 helping girls to see, oh, you know, you can be a professional football player if you want to be, but it might not be doing that for black girls, so we need to have more black women doing it. So it's not it's actually quite- about sport, is it? It's about... It's about it's, sort of, it's about what it's doing in society. It's quite patronising towards towards black people in a sense, isn't it? Because I mean, I I I I don't really hold that you need role models to yeah. show you that you can do something. I, I don't really well, see well, how do that. They, do they need to be the same um, race as you? Well, That's do they need to be the same race, to, or do, do they even need to be the same, the same sex? Sex, yeah. Can you look? Can you not? Can I, as a man, not look at a woman and go, you know, um, you know? She she's achieved this. Uh, I, I you know I I feel that, that I could also achieve that. Yeah, <coughs> which presumably or, is what it's or, You know, like I remember um, seeing the film Ray when I was younger and being really um, just just amazed at. I didn't know anything about Ray Charles and just amazed and you know bought loads of his music and started trying to imitate him on the piano. I mean, but maybe that was cultural appropriation, though, Tom. I don't know. But um, I don't know. But you you know, or or you could imitate the sanctity of of holy men like Saint Augustine. Uh, but again, different race. So, so Gustav was was a was a barber, wasn't he? he was, um, but I think Berber. Berber, Berber. Barber is somebody who yeah, somebody does, who, does, 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 does your fade, does, does your uh, does your beard. Um, yeah, I, it's 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 nonsense, isn't it? It it, it doesn't require that. Um, it's um, it's quite clear that that we can all celebrate the achievements of all of the human race, and I you know I I do celebrate, quite happy to celebrate the achievements of our. Well, of the lionesses, um, if it wasn't... Yeah, just come of... on, Tom, this is a psyop, though, isn't um, it? The whole thing. I'm willing to say, like, football itself is a psyop. I'm, it's a weakness in me that I still find it interesting. And I'm, to a certain extent, irritated with myself that I'm, I still retain such an interest. But it is, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't help but be interested. It's, it's, but, but it's even a bit though, strange, it, really, isn't it? It is a psyop because really what we should be focusing on is God's will for our life, prayer, discipleship, yeah. holiness, um, doing acts of charity friendship you know those kind of things and football can have a place in it but this kind of um this 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 situation where football becomes this this sort of idol around we around which we orientate our lives it's not it's not a good thing it becomes it's sort of pseudo-religious in fact, in fact this whole idea of it you know um because the church does work like that we, we sort of idolize christ and worship christ and, and become better people because we follow what christ did yes mm. um and, and can you, so, you don't you can't idolize christ though can you i mean christ is is god so. yeah, okay you i know i know i know you, but you know what i mean yeah um, worship worship um, worship worship christ um it's not an idol so it's not idolizing you're right um but um the um uh and you know and there's a sense in which his example is um well, both both satisfaction oblation you know um it, it saves us and 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 it's something to follow um yeah. and um the, the this has been transferred to other things, isn't it? So football mm. now, yeah, are icons in football, yeah. it's, but it's all over the place, isn't it? Um, it's just sort of uh, people frantically searching for a hero, but um, they won't find one. Yeah, they won't find one. They'll let you down. They'll miss the penalties, and then they'll break your heart. And is then that what happened? I don't really know. I think they just lost straight out, didn't they? Didn't yeah, they? I don't know what happened. I don't. I didn't watch it. And I, I think I think it was one nil, wasn't it? Was it one nil? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The other thing as well, I, I think about this whole thing is like from a Christian perspective, it's like you know we need to evaluate these new things when they come into our lives. You know, women women's football hasn't been around very long. 
you know, I mean, I'm sure women have been playing football for a while, but it's only been in the last few years that, that it started to be promoted by like the BBC and by Sky and everything like that. And we've got to ask ourselves as disciples of Christ, is this really something that we want to give our time to? You know, is it is it really the right thing to do to, to well, pick up another interest and devoting your time and devotion to it? That's a little bit harsh. I mean, in a sense that you're sitting there. Quite, I mean, have you made that assumption about football? Have you decided that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I've just said to you. I think yeah, I know, football is a up and that I, I should I should be less interested in it than I am. I think it's so, okay to have some interest, but it's just yeah. just it's just like when the, it's just because the media says, "Oh yeah, this is a big deal now. Let's all pay attention to it." So I agree. It's I agree. It's concerning. It's entirely um, it's entirely manufactured and quite irritating for that for that. And it doesn't you know if it is if it was good as everyone made it out to be, it wouldn't need that sort of uh, over kind of fawning um, response from the media. Uh, it just wouldn't need it because people watch it anyway. But uh, there was a hilarious article in the Telegraph the day uh, just released hours, I think it's gone now, um, hours before the, they lost saying this was going to you know, change the world, uh, um, set the world on light. <laughs> and and, they're quietly yeah. taking it down. <laughs> well, I, th- I just I just can't find it anymore. It's just quite funny. Um, I did I did put in the show notes that article in the Telegraph about all these, these virtue signaling politicians. Uh, you've got Ed Davey, who is apparently the leader of the Liberal Democrats. Um, uh, pr- he's pretending to celebrate England's World Cup semi-final win at the pub. With him. He's shaking his he's shaking his fist, like doing this gesture as though anyone's ever done that when they've when they've celebrated a a goal in football, uh, a single fist. He looks like he's trying to chase off the local local lads who are messing around with his bins. I think the uh, the writer said to Tom Gibbs. He's actually quite funny, Tom Gibbs uh yeah and there's there's also some stuff about how rishi sunak tweeted time to make history let's do this at lionesses and he's written what did he write about that that was quite a funny funny comment oh yeah um rishi sunak tweeted before wednesday's semi-final time to make history let's do this words you simply cannot imagine him saying uh, better than his last visit to the team he supposedly supports, waving at well-wishers and watching Southampton being relegated. They also talk about when, um, was it um, David Cameron said that he supports uh, Aston Villa? Um, and then at one stage he said he made a mistake and said he supported West Ham. He, d- he forgot forgot who he said he supported because uh, he, he's obviously not a genuine football fan. But it's all it's all manufactured, Tom. It's all just people jumping on the bandwagon. Yep, so, yep. Uh, let's just listen to the end of this clip, shall we? See if they say anything outrageous. Little girls, right? That they see someone that they right. can relate exactly. to. Exactly, it makes such a difference that little girl might then end up playing football yeah. because she's seen someone who looks like her. Mm. But it doesn't detract. It's, it's fashionable to knock men, but if this was a it's man, <laughs> it would be. It would be. It doesn't. It doesn't actually say what it finishes there. Uh, yeah. No. It's really important, Tom, that little girls see pictures of women playing football, and then they can play football too. Um, that's what's. That's what's important in life. Um, yes. Have you got time to talk about another story? Yeah. Go on them. Go on them. Okay. So this one is important. UK. So this is in the Telegraph as well by Air Nilsson. Um, UK birth slump dubbed "Good for Planet" as number of babies born hits twenty-year. Low. So, a former government advisor has said that this is is well, a good is... thing. It's good for our planet. Uh, let's see what are the um, the statistics. Her comments came after official figures from the Office for National Statistics show that there were six hundred five thousand four hundred seventy nine live births in England and Wales last year, the lowest number since two thousand and two. Uh, it's down three point one percent compared to two thousand and twenty one. The average number of children born to women in this country 
uh, is um, recovered slightly from 1.58 in the first year of COVID to 1.61 in 2021. So essentially, we're not we're not um, replacing ourselves in this country because of the birth rate is so low. You need to have two, uh, 2.1, don't you? Yeah, you need to have over two, yeah. So Professor Harper says... I think it's a good thing that the high-income, high-consuming countries of the world are reducing the number of children they're having. And I'm quite positive about that. Um, the academic said declining fertility in rich countries would help to address, quote, the general overconsumption that we have at the moment, which has a negative impact on the planet. We will see smaller populations in high-income countries going forward. It's just going to be a trend of the 21st century. And that will actually be good for a general overall consumption that we have at the moment and our planet. So there we go, Tom. Humanity is a cancer upon the earth. It needs to be reduced. Planet. I mean, um, it's not a Christian way of looking at children, is it? And also, it's a rather silly, short-sighted way of looking at children because the, um, you know, she she might be all right. I don't know how old she is, but if 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 we don't, it's it's well, it's pointed out in the comments, I think, or somewhere I saw somewhere that um, that. Okay, so if the you know indigenous Western population starts not reproducing itself, we're going to decline, obviously. And um, but first, we will have many more older people than we have younger people. That's what happens. So it tilt more and more that way. And unless you then bring in younger people from elsewhere um, to 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 keep the economy going, the economy will just collapse and everyone will die. Mm. Uh, we'll just stop. Uh, we'll go back to the Middle Ages. But that would be good as well uh, because then uh, there'd be just no people. Which which means that it's just misanthropic. Anthropy, isn't it? It's just um, human hatred, um, and also the the UK's population is minute compared to um, you know other countries, and and um, and the and the problem with overconsumption arguably is is um, uh, is not so much overconsumption as, as as producing enough food to to not not make sure the people in who are poor don't starve, um, and our population is not going to have any real uh, impact on that. We're not going to suddenly balloon. Um, I, I just. Um, it's it's just it's sort of irritating, isn't it? Who who on earth did they find? Which misanthropic lecturer uh, lecturer decided this? Tom, top demographics em- expert. Well, she's in Oxford, Oxford Institute, the population population. Professor Sarah Harper. She's been given a CBE. Uh, don't know why, because she obviously hates our country. Um, what so, a terrible name for an institute as well. Oxford Institute of Population Aging. It's just terrible. Can't they think of a better name than that? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Theological. Um, you could quote a psalm, the, couldn't you? Um, yeah, you could, you could quote psalm 8. But I was just going to say that it's like, um, you know, the Christian view of humanity is that humanity is uh, specially created in the image of God. And as such, we are called to reflect. We are to be God's kind of vice regents, like reflection of God, uh, image of God here on, on the planet, which includes our being stewards of the planet and having dominion over it and so on and so forth. And generally speaking, Christians have thought that um, if there are, you know, more humans, um, then that's better and that's good. And that's actually fulfilling God's mandate for us on this planet. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a reversal of that, isn't it? Saying, well, actually, humans are bad for the planet. We need to have less of them. And it just diminishes the importance and the significance of human beings um, by, by, by implying or saying quite, quite obviously that uh, we should have there should be fewer human beings and it sort of also feeds into that the de- sense of depopulation being a good thing and you know there people are very worried about this lots of people are very worried about this that there already is an agenda to to create depopulation by whatever means but also thinking about where this could lead in the future in terms of that impulse 
becoming stronger and um and leading to to terrible things and i don't think it's i don't think it's outside the realms of possibility that things could go in that in that direction mm. uh, should that should that christian understanding of mankind is made in the image of god um be completely lost and overturned yeah so yep absolutely that's what happens when we throw away the wisdom of god and uh replace it with our own flawed and foolish wisdom is she even very wise i don't think so but anyway um no no of course and it's 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 part of it's 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 the ideology of, of climate change and the uh, and this is why it's not a neutral scientific issue there are there are metaphysical and religious and theological questions that that are relevant to it and if we just if we just throw them all away and say oh you know well we've got to reduce the population in order to reduce climate change then you know that's 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 got really serious religious and theological and societal implications if you start saying things like that so but you know i think tom I've, I've been very clear about it you have it's another psyop Every, everything's a psyop it sound like james Denimpole now anyway um, i just yeah. i i find it quite funny to um to just call it to call everything a psyop no matter how innocuous like the other day i was telling people you know you know those little um those flaps in the the dishwasher uh, yep. you don't need to actually put your washing machine tablet in the flap you can just chuck it in the in the in the dishwasher i'm sure you know this really because you're a very clued up person uh, because literally all that is is like it's, it's it just opens during the cycle this right? is a timer yeah i mean yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and so i just say like it's, a, it's just another style they're just they're just getting you to do it for no reason they're getting you to put that little tablet in that little drawer literally for no reason it's just like they're just messing with you tom they're messing with your mind just put the tablet straight in Look, i just chuck I, it straight in now I, li- I like putting it in the little drawer jimmy yeah, that, that's yeah. it. You're so conditioned. So they've got you just where they want you, Tom. <laughs> Have they? <laughs> There's literally nothing wrong with the little drawer. It's nice. It's oh, nice. Yeah, you just, sort you're, of you're neat. Lulled into a false sense of security by that little drawer. And while you're putting that little tablet in there, you just think, ah, oh, yeah, life is so good. Everything is fine. But that's that's what they want you to think. Do it's they? A it's a sigh-up. All right. One more story, Tom. Um, you just tell me when you need to go. But um, I just wanted to 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 flag this up because this is something I've been aware of for quite a long time because somebody told somebody who used to work in, in uh, the pharmaceutical industry who doesn't anymore told me about this kind of thing. But um, it's in The Independent. Ex-medical chief Jonathan Van Tam takes job with COVID vaccine giant Moderna. Oh, uh, yeah, of course he did. Um, yeah, of course. Move may spark fresh questions over, quote, revolving door between government and business. And uh, as I say, it just caught my eye because um, I had a conversation with this bloke who used to work in, in Big Pharma ages ago now. It must have been about two years ago. But he he said to me that this happens all over the world, that you have a situation where so, not only do people go from government to you know, Moderna or wherever, that they go from big pharma to government and they go backwards and forwards several times in their career. Um, and it actually says it actually says that somewhere in this article about these people going backwards and forwards. Um, yeah, so Rose Whiffin yeah. says, there are only threadbare safeguards against abuse of the revolving door between the public and private sector, a risk of privileged information being misused for commercial benefit. Well, of course, they wouldn't ever do that, would they? They wouldn't ever. Well, yeah, and it's and the, the other point to make about this is kind of human nature, isn't it? If you're in if you're in big pharma, and you you are trying to sell vaccines or other products, and then you go into government, and you're 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 in an advisory role, and so you've been in that world, and you you think maybe one day I might want to go back into it in in the same way as Jonathan Van Tam is. It's only human nature that you're going to have. You're going to have a certain way of looking at that world, and you're going oh, to yeah, be of favorably yeah. disposed towards those products. Yeah, um, because know, if, you, if you weren't, as, then 
then they would quite clearly, you know... Um, you wouldn't be going back in, would you? You wouldn't be going back in. They wouldn't let you back in again if you said, you know, oh, I don't really, you know, want you to take this, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's um, It shouldn't be really... It should, really should some way be found to stop this. Um, well, because it would it, be like you you just can't work in... You just can't have a government post if you've worked in... If you had a job in, with a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the most... That would be the most straightforward way of doing it, wouldn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Maybe that's... Maybe I'm just too simplistic. I think they'd, do, they'd just do it the other way around then, wouldn't they? I don't yeah. know. What do you mean? What, the other way around? Meaning what? They'd go, the go from government to the farmer, wouldn't they? They'd still... If, 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 a, if a nice oh. post was available, they'd still be oh, yeah, I see what you mean. open to corruption in, in government, wouldn't they? So, I mean, really, you need to um, forbid them from any... I don't know how you'd do it. Um, if, if high, high civil servants basically forbidden from working. Mm. Yeah, um, it, would, it would be hard, wouldn't it? You'd have to just pay them a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Transparent International UK found that nearly a third of all new jobs taken by former ministers and senior officials had a significant overlap with their previous brief. Yeah. So there needs to be a Labour apparently called for a radical overhaul of the process for approving former ministers new jobs, saying appointments show the current system was not fit for purpose. Sounds um it sounds actually quite perspicacious from from Labour there. So yeah, well, they just want to, probably just want to you know basically put their own cronyism in instead, don't they? But anyway, yeah, yeah says yeah. the cynic. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, you're probably right, Tom. You're probably right. I mean, I've got no faith in any of these people, but it just it just shows you how I just thought it's in, it's important to to talk about these kind of things occasionally because it just shows you how how close the ties are between government and and industry here, and um, how there, are... there's a financial. There is a financial agenda which has a huge, huge influence on, you know, what goes on in government and more generally in in society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yes, indeed. Good. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jamie. Um, You're going to go. I think I probably have to go shortly. Is there, is there a question of the rev? We can do it quickly. Yeah, there is. There is a question of the rev. I'll, 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 um, I'll do the rest of it after. After um after you've gone, but yeah, if you're around for the question of the rev, let's do that. Let's do, let's do a question of the rev. Yeah. And let me get um oh, I've got to get the sound on though. I'm gonna have the sound, which I never have ready, and you know I don't. So here we go. Ah, it starts quiet. Here we go. Do, 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 do. Once again, Tom, it's time for question of the rev with you and me, the two revs on this irreverent. And uh, I'm just going to stop that there because um, we're in a rush. Not a rush, but, you know, don't want to waste your time. Not that it's a waste of time listening to that lovely music. Anyway, uh, good morning, Jamie. I'm sure it means you as well. I'm an older fellow who has found his way back to God after having led a secular life, secular sort of life. I won't bore you with a how or why other than to say it has nothing whatsoever to do with my having had my three school years in 10. I've been reading the Bible and have gone, having gone through the first five chapters of the Old Testament, the four Gospels, it's obvious to me that I need a Bible study guide. I have a KJV in my daughter's old illustrated RSV from her school days, which is useful for comparison. Would it be useful to inquire an NIV as well? I've been to church a couple of times, but to be honest, I have reservations, as you do, about the archbishops and bishops. My background is Scots Presbyterian and my wife's is Methodist. I've not yet decided what church is right for me, brackets us, but I do like and value tradition. What Bible study guide would you recommend? Keep up the good podcast, kind regards, etc. Well, it's so hard to recommend a Bible study guide because, I mean, what, what is he looking to do? I mean, I, I've got study the bible uh, well in which case i mean matthew um understand henry's, the bible matthew henry's for traditional kind of old-fashioned complete treat, treatise on the whole bible right have you Do got you that? Like matthew? I, I um actually i don't i use an online one i'd like to no. have it yeah uh, so i always go to it though it's really good sort of um 
uh, concise way of just looking at sort, sort of um, an orthodox way of it's before all of sort of Protestant liberalism came in, all that sort of stuff. But it's um, yeah. Yeah. I quite like it. Um, I've been enjoying um, a set of studies um, which are called, uh, which basically are assemble quotes from the fathers of the church. Oh yeah, ancient um, commentaries. That's the one, ancient yeah, commentaries. Yeah. And uh, but but again, like it's sort of, I'd, I'd recommend them thoroughly, but that to require a full set, you'd need about a grand. You know, it's it's not. They're about. It's a bit of an exaggeration. There were like twenty nine of them, and they're about what thirty quid each. If you multiply those together, yeah, actually, it's almost a grand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, uh, so the um, so the question comes like, what, what are you looking for? Um, I've got an NIV study Bible with an older NIV, uh, and that's quite good. Is that the Life Application Study Bible? I've got one of those. I can't. I don't know where it's got to at the moment. Um, it's in the other room, I think, from where I was leading yeah. a um, study group, but. Um, it's, uh, I had an NRSV study Bible, which I took to Cudston, and then it miraculously turned into this really battered copy of the NIV study Bible somehow. I don't really know how. Um, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit. Trans- less, trans- less heretical. It was a miracle. Translation. Um, <laughs> anyway, I've stuck with it. Um, uh, yeah, I, um, I think the ESV study Bible is really good. We've got one of those. Um, and that's so the difference between something like Matthew Henry and like something like that or like probably your NIV study Bible, just for our our, our listeners' um, information, is that there you'd get like shorter notes on specific passages. So you sort of read the Bible and then at the bottom of the page, there'd be sort of shorter notes on specific passages, which would just give you some insight. There'd be, you know, introductions to the books, maps, things like that. So I think the best one that I'm aware of, the kind of contemporary one, is the ESV study Bible, which is very good. And the ESV is a good, is a, is a, is a, is a good translation as well um i'm just trying to think of, of what else i might recommend i was going to say the ancient christian commentaries because i think they're very good um i've been uh talking to uh, nick dixon recently who's been using david porson's um unlocking the bible um so there's a there's a book called unlocking the bible and there are and there are youtube videos of david porson doing lectures which are which are very good i mean porson is um he's like a low church um yeah. evangelical and so the classic there's an Oxford Bible commentary which is pretty decent. Um, do you have that one, Jamie? No. Um, oh um, no, I don't think I do. No. Um, and it's I've just... got the IV, the IVP one, IVP mm-hmm. um, one volume commentary on the Bible. That's quite good. But yeah. just just to, just to say, just sorry to finish this thing about Paulson. I think we're going to say something about them. Um, is just that those videos are really good. Those YouTube videos are mm-hmm. really worth listening to. It's like introductions and kind of overviews of the Bible, uh, biblical books. Um, you know, I think I think they're really I think they're really good. And although I wouldn't, you know, I don't share his sort of particular understanding of the church. I think generally speaking, they're very, very good. And he was an excellent. Have you ever listened to him, Tom? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, he's really he's really listenable. There's something really pleasurable. He's he was from I think he was from Yorkshire, and he's got he hasn't got a strong accent. He's just got a little kind of slightly inflected accent, which is really pleasant to listen to. Um, so I'd say I, I'd recommend that as well. It's quite a good one. Good, yeah. So. Um, um, well, there's some, there's some good things to get started with. In terms of church, my oh. main advice would be to stop mucking around and just go somewhere. Find somewhere that's at least, you know, teaches, um, you know, the, 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 the scriptures faithfully and um, and stay there. It won't be perfect. Yeah. It might, it might you know what you do, Tom? 
Cool. They should use the Reverend Church Finder on our podcast at oh sorry on our oh, website. Sound like a person who didn't understand the internet then on our on our website irreverendpod.com. Go on Church Finder and see if there are any churches that have been recommended near you, and uh, then you can then you can find one and, and visit. Um, if you're near us, which you might be, come and come and visit our churches. But yeah, you're right, Tom. You, you just just go to church. I mean, not a heretical church, not where they're not where they're preaching heresy, but somewhere where there's a, a faithful minister of some sort. Yeah, it's yeah. important, isn't it? You want to be it is, it is, no, it really, it really is important. But you know, just don't muck around. Just go to church. I don't know. He's mucking around. Is that a bit hard? No, I know. I know. Well, I know. But some people. I mean, C.S. Lewis cautions against this in Screw Tape, doesn't he? You know, the kind of search for the perfect church. You think, well, actually, just just go to church. Yeah, just go to church. Yeah, exactly. Use our use our church finder. That's why it's there. Um, yes. Okay. Um, do you want to do some emails or do you, do you... go on then? I got time for one email. I keep on threatening that you're going to go, but you you never do. Uh, I, I've got a, I've got about another five minutes. So okay. So so the lady uh, Nancy who emailed to say about the reviews we've missed um, emailed again, and uh, there's some more stuff about just how many reviews we've got, which are really really great. But then then she said at the end on the subject of Prague and the assassination of Reinhard Heydrich, which we read about last last week, the church actually glorified Bishop. Gorzadst as a saint out of all of that, but not for violence. The perpetrators of the assassination hid in his cathedral. When he found out about it, he tried to get them out of there to protect his flock. But before he could, they were discovered. He was arrested and tried to take the blame upon himself for everything. He willing, willingly gave up his life, so he was martyred. But of course, the Nazis didn't stop there. Dot, dot, dot. By the way, the Orthodox Church doesn't believe that war can be just. They do believe that war is sometimes inevitable, but require anyone who kills someone else, even in self-defense, to refrain from receiving communion for a period of time, not short, simply because of the horribleness of taking life. So they believe that no taking of life can ever be labeled just, but always involves sin. I didn't know that, Tom. Sorry, I was just, just going to make the point. I wonder how they square that with the um, with the with the. The, the death penalty as it's as it's um as it's articulated in scripture in various different places i mean it seems to me that the bible clearly implies that there's a difference between murder and killing um at least a sort of theoretical difference so i'd be i'd be interested in the answer to that question yeah, yeah it'd be, i mean i like i you know i orthodox church would be a um i know rod Dreher tried to convince me on this the other uh, last time i met him um <laughs> but um how many times have you met someone last time was the only time um yeah, well i met him a couple of times over over, okay. a, over a day no no over that day all right okay yeah sort, okay. Of, sort of um uh and in the pub he tried to convince me that i should uh <laughs> should be an orthodox christian almost I, c- I could almost do it we've got the right beards for it jamie we could uh, yeah, yeah i mean for me it would be the natural i mean if i were not to be an anglican i'd definitely look into orthodoxy i think yeah and if, if for nothing else than a beard. Uh, also, I've got an Orthodox study Bible. That's something I didn't mention, which is always interesting to kind of dip into and have a look and see. There was very mystical interpretations. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's interesting, isn't it? Apparently, they don't have a just war um, yeah, well. tradition in the Eastern Orthodox Church. So, But, but as people have got very excised about that. I've had lots of comments about people saying, you know, that you and me are wrong about what we said about war. Probably. And that we need to change our minds. Say, no, no, I will not change my mind. No, I will if someone someone convinces yeah, me. I'll, I'll change my mind if I'm wrong. Um, but as, as all these things, it tends to be an interpretative thing, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I think I think we were quite subtle about it actually. Yeah, yeah. I think we were very nuanced. Yeah, nuanced. Um, another person who I name I'm not going to say because he he forbids me. So his first name's James, but he forget he forbids me from saying his surname. 
Uh, he says, I'm not sure if this is worthy of comment on the podcast, but I was a little surprised to see in my local Sainsbury's a new magazine on the occult and another new magazine on witchcraft. It struck a note with me as you've recently been saying about the background of evil, which is progressively getting worse. Uh, keep up the good work, etc. Now, I, d- I do have this email up here, so I'm just going to... Oh, wait a minute. That's another... Somebody sent me another email, Tom. So many emails. Um, yeah, green witchcraft. Green witchcraft. Interesting, isn't it? Green witchcraft, Tom. What does that say? Attune yourself to Mother Nature. Hmm, interesting. And then the other magazine is uh, right next to Doctor Who magazine is uh, a history of the occult. So there you go. Oh, and the Green Witchcraft is right next to Railway Modeler, which is a a, a magazine my son would like. Uh, mm. Hopefully he wouldn't grab the wrong one and then become obsessed with Green Witchcraft. The occult. Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll do a okay, yeah. plug at the end and um, and sign off. But thank you, Jamie. God bless you. you. Uh, nice you to chat. You. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, have soon. a good day. All Bye right. now. Thank you. Bye. So Tom's gone now, and uh, that was good to have him, wasn't it? Um, so now what I'm going to say is that if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, we're, I thank you very much for listening. Thank you for getting to this, this point in the podcast. Now, this podcast is supported by our listeners we don't have any adverts we do have the adverts turned on on youtube but that you know makes almost no money and you know it's hopefully very very little inconvenience for people who watch this show uh, but essentially i live off the money i make from this podcast i uh, as well as a couple of other things i'm not paid for it being a vicar i'm a part-time vicar um i i am given a house but i don't have any money for being a vicar, right? I earn money through doing this podcast, through doing my Substack blog, jamiefranklin.substack.com, and through doing a couple of other things which bring in bring in some income. So essentially, this podcast is financed by you, the listener and viewer, not just for me, but you know, for the overheads and the, the money that we need to run the podcast. So please, if you like this podcast, maybe you've been listening recently and you haven't done this yet, please do consider supporting us by going to our website at revenpod.com and becoming a Patreon. Now, if you become a Patreon, you will get the episodes early. And we also, most weeks, although we're not doing it this week because of time constraints, but most weeks we, we put out an extra episode called uncollared where we where we chat about stuff you know stuff um, to do with our lives and maybe go in depth about other things that we wouldn't normally talk about maybe talk about things that are slightly more edgy because it's for a more limited audience uh, but we put that out most weeks almost every week uncollared so you everyone who um everyone who subscribes gets that and you can subscribe for as little as one pound 50 plus vat in the uk per month 150 per month so we're talking about a very very small amount of money uh, to support us and that really does make a difference even if it's for a small amount if you have slightly more money you might think well you know they put out four or five episodes a month and maybe they're worth you know two pounds two pounds fifty to me an episode maybe you might like to sponsor us for for ten pounds a month maybe you might like to think well you know i'll give an hour of my uh, income to to a reverend how much money do i make in an hour can i spare can i spare that uh, per month uh, to support these guys and what they're doing uh, so please do consider that because it makes such a difference and you know it's also just so encouraging when i see people uh, signing up to support us and to help us with what we're doing um as you could hear at the beginning of the show when i read out those reviews from buy me a coffee um these podcasts really are reaching people and, and helping people and we believe in what we're doing here so if you believe that what we're doing is is good as well and it's it's producing fruit please do consider supporting us so go to a and click on the the red button 
just slightly down the page, which says to support us on Patreon and become a patron today. We'd really, really, really appreciate that. If you don't want to do that, you don't want to support us monthly, um, you can buy us a coffee, like I was talking about earlier. It's in the same place. It's a yellow button. You just click buy me a coffee. You can leave us a message if you like, which we, we read all the messages and they're hugely encouraging. And um, you can just leave us a one-off donation. So we don't actually get a real coffee. We could use the money to buy coffee if we wanted, but uh, essentially it's just a way of supporting us. You can also uh, look up my Substack, jamiefranklin.substack.com, which is called Good Things. And I try and write about good things, interesting things, uh, things in my life um, personally that I like to share with people. And again, you could subscribe there for a very, um, very low amount of, of, of cash. Uh, I actually forget how much it is. I think it's a five pounds a month or something like that to to subscribe there so there's lots of things you can do to support this podcast uh, but essentially um thank you for even just listening to be honest because the fact that people listen to this sort of feels like a miracle and um the fact that people are helped by it is you know, it's hugely encouraging and gratifying so anyway hope that was a good time for you hope you enjoy the episode i enjoyed making it and um, yeah, the sign off, which I always forget, which is um, hmm. until next time, keep watch and keep the faith. Bye now. <laughs>